Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's Apple presentation on pages. I would like to introduce Matt Valbrick, the um, Apple trainer and teacher certified and if you wish to ask a question, everyone is muted. And to raise your hand is Alt-Y if you're on a PC. Under more options on an iPhone, it's raise hand. On a landline, it is star nine. And on a Mac, it is com- uh, option Y. So Matt, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, thanks so much. Um, I appreciate it and uh, very, very excited about this. You know, we've been teaching these various Apple products for quite some time and both, uh, you know, sharing information here and the ACB community events and, uh, you know, offering other free courses and paid training and so on. And it has been my experience that when it comes to word processing, People are not convinced of the capability or the, you know, the accessibility of the apps on on Apple devices to do word processing. And I want to tell you this uh, in no uncertain terms. Apple Pages, the native word processing and page layout app, is extremely powerful and very, very accessible. Now, you can use Pages on iOS and iPadOS as well as on the Mac. Uh, It works with VoiceOver on all of those, uh, but I will be demonstrating it today on the iPad. Um, I want to talk, before we get started, just about a couple of things and and give you some concepts today, and then we'll do some demos, of course. Um, So first of all, I want to answer the question, you know, why would I choose this over Microsoft Office, especially when there is still very largely a bias in the business world, at least towards the Microsoft um, offerings. And perhaps there's maybe even arguably a bias towards the Google apps in education, right? Because lots of schools are using Chromebooks. And so it's very, very easy to use Google Docs, for example. And Google Docs is really platform agnostic. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you can use Google Docs on anything. Um, So why, you know, why would I choose Apple Pages. Well, first of all, I've got to say that when it comes to features and functionality, Pages is the is the most feature rich, the most capable, the most powerful of any of those apps that I've mentioned, and that includes Microsoft Word. Pages beats it hands down when you really get into the um, the extensive uh, features and functionality that you have in a word processing app. And Pages is not just a word processing app; it's also a page layout app. And we're going to define what that means in a few minutes. Uh, secondly, with iOS and iPadOS, Pages is the most accessible uh, of those three that I've mentioned, which arguably are the big three right now. Um, and, and so Pages and, and its counterparts, Keynote and Numbers, which I think we're going to be teaching on Keynote in a week or two, and so on. And, and, and Pages is, um, and, and as well as its counterparts, Keynote and Numbers, are the most accessible in their category you know, w- with what they do. Um, you're going to see that Apple has taken steps to add accessibility features to pages that no other word processing app has. Um, 
on on iOS or iPad OS, for example, specific rotor options that only apply to to this suite of apps. And it's not that the other developers can't do that because they can, but Apple has done it. Um, Now, with respect to the order in which they are, uh, it would actually be Microsoft Word last. I'm not suggesting to you that it's not at all accessible, but it's just if you were to rank it as far as where it, it, it fits in on the spectrum, pages would be the most accessible, Google Docs would be second, and uh, Word would be third. So if I were choosing what to use, it would be in that order. Uh, I have used Google Docs on occasion only when I've had to because of a specific job, a specific client or something, and I've kind of been required to, you know, to use that app in certain cases. But um, it's, it would be a second uh, preference. Uh, so um, the, the, other, you know, the other thing with this, too, is that it is the most tightly integrated because it's Apple, right? So it is integrated with iCloud. It's integrated with the Files app. It's integrated with all of the numerous, really awesome features that Apple devices have. And of course, this is cross-platform iOS and macOS. So we certainly can um, work on our documents on both. The features are, it's a level playing field. They both do the same thing. Um, They're both equally capable. And there's a lot of things that they do. I mean, we're going to only touch on some of them today and, and do some very, very brief demos. Uh, I think the goal of this presentation is to show you that it's out there and what, you know, what can be done. Uh, the next point I want to talk about with regards to this, though, is then if we're going to use pages, we do need to answer the question, uh, is it compatible with, for example, MS Word in case we're working with clients who do have or students, or even you know, family or, or friends who do have uh, Microsoft Word, and that that's their their preference or their only option. And the answer is yes, very emphatically yes. Um, you can open you can open Microsoft. I think I just saw Trainer Cliff come in, and that's awesome because uh, I don't know who all we have from the instructor team today, but uh, glad to see Cliff. So if uh, if you find Cliff and you want to unmute him, uh, that'll be great. Um, okay. I think it came in on the panelist side. Okay, so then that means he's probably already unmuted. Uh-huh. Cliff, can, are you there? Well, we'll see. But anyhow, I'm sure if he gets unmuted, he'll he'll uh, he'll let me know, or if he's you know. But but um, Microsoft Word and Pages will play together. All right, you can easily open Word documents in Pages. You can export Pages documents to Word. Are there ever going to be things that don't that don't cross over? It's a theoretical possibility, but I'm talking really, really, really complex stuff, really specific stuff. Uh, and, and the other thing you might see is some font differences, right? There may be a font or two that's available on one platform that's, that's not on the other or, you know, that it, something like that. So those kinds of things can happen, but they're not very, um, they're not very common. Uh, so it is cross, you know, it is compatible with, with the other app. So if you decide to do that, and of course, I should also point out that Pages is free. Uh, Pages is included with every Apple device purchase. And uh, once you have, there used to be, and I don't even know if it's true anymore. There used to be a, if you hadn't purchased, you know, a device before, if you hadn't purchased a device after like, I don't know, 2011 or something, then they still charged you for it. But I don't even know if that still applies. Most everybody has purchased a device since then. And once you've gotten it once, of course, you know, it, it, it works on all your, uh, devices anyway on your Apple ID. So it's included with iPad and iPhone, and it actually ships on these units too. And of course, it's included with the Mac. Um, now, I want to uh, move on to talk about 
the kinds of things that you can do with pages. Uh, there are two basic types of documents that pages can create. It can create word processing documents, and it can create page layout documents. And it's got a number of gorgeous Apple design templates for both. So word processing documents are going to be documents where text is the primary focus. And these are going to be, you know, letters, bios, maybe resumes, reports for school, other types of, um, you know, other types of reports and essays and written material, and even a novel, because as you're going to find out a bit later on today, you can even write and publish books in Apple Pages. And so those types of documents are what would qualify as the word processing documents. These are typically thought of as portrait orientation documents. I want to be very, very clear. You do not have to use your device in portrait mode when working on a portrait document. That's not what it means. We're talking about the layout, the way the document is, is formatted, eight and a half by 11, for example, versus 11 by eight and a half. Okay. So uh, that, uh, that type of thing. Now, the, the other type of uh, document that Apple Pages creates and, and works with is the page layout document. These are things where the design is first and foremost. So we're talking about things like brochures, greeting cards, menus, banners, um, business cards even, and, and other types of books that are not novels, like, for example, maybe a photo cookbook or, um, you know, uh, some type of graphic novel or a children's book where you have a lot of pictures on every single page. So those are the two basic types of documents. And then, as I've stated, you, you have a number of, of gradients within that, right? A number of templates, a number of different types of documents that you can use. And in both portrait and landscape, you also have the blank template. I often recommend for new users, and, and I still do it really, that you start out with the blank template. That way you have a, just an open canvas there that you can, you can just work with it and you can easily do whatever you need to do with it. So there you're not restricted. One of the things that I will tell you is both the page layout and the word processing documents are accessible. They will work with voiceover. But you will quickly learn that when you're working with page layout documents, it is a bit more of a challenge for voiceover users. Now, this is not due to any kind of gaps in the accessibility. All right. It's not due to any sort of, uh, you know, a, a failure on Apple's part to make the app accessible. What it's due to is the fact that when you are working with page layout documents, you are required to use text boxes. And this is true of any app that supports page layout. Okay. The reason for that is because when you're creating a page layout document, you have to, again, a page layout document is where the design matters first and foremost. And so it might be that you, you are placing text on a certain, on top of a photo or wrapping a, a, a text around a photo or doing other kinds of very creative things. And so what they make you do in pages when you're using page layout and any app that's using page layout is that they make you use text boxes for all your text. And what this does is it allows you to treat the text as a single object. For example, if I have a, 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 a certificate and at the top it says first place winner 
And then below that, it has the name. I might put first place winner in one box, the name in another text box, and then a third text box that might describe uh, for completing this challenge or winning this contest or whatever you might, you know, whatever your verbiage would be. And the, the benefit of having it in a text box is so that you can move it around as an object. So if it needs to be slightly off center, if it needs to go around a photo, anything like that can be done much more easily when it is an object than when it just appears as words on a blank canvas. Now, this is accessible, all right? It, you can use text boxes with voiceover. As a matter of fact, when we learn Keynote in a week or two, you're going to see that we have to use text boxes. But in Keynote, it's a little bit easier because in Keynote, Keynote is a multimedia presentation app uh, similar to Google Slides or Microsoft PowerPoint. And when you're writing on slides, you want to keep the text very, very brief. You want to make simple points, you know, uh, proposed budget for 2021 and then you know bullet points with a handful of words okay so it's very short text and there really is not much risk of problems if you're you know complying with what uh the best experts in the industry say you should do on on um keynote presentations with pages documents though there may be a lot more text in your text boxes and this becomes a problem if your text is more than what can fit in the text box. Now, VoiceOver will describe it to you. VoiceOver will tell you how big the text box is, where it's positioned and all that. But if you're not, if you're not very spatially aware, which I, I will only speak for myself as somebody not having any sight since the age of three, I struggle with spatial concepts sometimes. So if you tell me something is, you know, five inches up the page on the right-hand side and is, you know, four inches tall or, or what have you, it's a struggle for me to to understand that in a way that makes sense. So even though you're given the information by voiceover and you're given the, the ability to resize these text boxes and move them with reorder, with, with resized handles that do work with voiceover, it is a concept that is elusive to many of us and I think would be best suited for getting some cited help. Having said that, I want to be clear that pages with page layout documents does work with voiceover, but it is for that reason because it can be a little bit trickier, that I very strongly recommend that especially new users start out with word processing documents rather than page layout documents, and that you start out with a blank template, because some templates use text boxes even if they're word processing. Um, again, just because they're designed and they, you, know, you want to be able to move things around. And so you know, some don't, okay? Um, but others do. And so I think that it makes sense to uh, start out with a blank template, not a blank landscape, because that's page layout, but just a regular blank template. We're going to demonstrate for you what that's like in a few minutes. But I want to talk about a couple of other things first to share with you what else you can do. And, and uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is text styles. Now, we've all heard of formatting text, you know, bold, italic, uh, indent, center, um, you know, strike through. These are things that are um, these are things that our sighted peers are going to be very impressed by. They're gonna they're gonna look for these things, right? It's it's in a, in this world that we live in, it's very visual. And if we want to, you know, make our point, if we don't do that, everything just looks like it's running together, and nobody wants to read it. You know, so we have to use this formatting uh, to better get our point across, and. VoiceOver will tell you, you know, that something is bold or italic or, you know, that it's center justified or whatever. Um, but 
it also is important to understand how to do it. And so we're going to show you that all of that and a whole lot more can be done in pages. And you, you even have what's, what are called paragraph styles. Now, a paragraph style is basically, I'm oversimplifying it just ever so slightly, but it's basically just a group of these attribute changes like bold and italics and, and that sort of thing that are already predefined. And therefore, if you apply a style, a text style or a paragraph style to a specific block of text that you have selected, then it's going to look a certain way automatically. So rather than me having to go and choose bold, choose italic, you know, increase the font size and, you know, five or six different things, I can just choose a paragraph style that has all those five or six things in it already. And it's just done in, in one step instead of five or six steps. Your paragraph styles in pages can also be customized for the duration of that particular document. They always go back to their defaults when you open a new document, but in within a given document, you can customize them. Uh, so if you want a heading style to look a certain way every time, you can do that. Of course, you can change font color and font size. I've already mentioned font size. And you can also uh, use bulleted lists, numbered lists, even sublists or nested lists, you might call them, you know, a list within a list. Um, there are tons and tons of features for inserting objects. You can insert all kinds of things in Pages. Uh, pages supports photos, even in the word processing documents. I know I said that a word processing document is where text is the most important thing, but you can still insert photos into a text-based, you know, a word processing document, right? Uh, you can you can insert um, video. You can record audio right into it. You can insert tables and charts. You can insert um, now, now you can even insert YouTube videos that you can embed. So you just put a, you know, a link in the document um, and it will play the YouTube video right within the uh, Pages app. Uh, so there are so, so many things that you can insert. And one of, the, one of, the, one of my favorite things is that um, Pages has a predefined library of what they call shapes. I, I would sort of compare this to what you used to call clip art. But it seems like as time went on, clip art has gotten less popular because it's been replaced by real photos, right? Clip art was always very, very animated, very cartoonish, you know. But Pages does have a nice library of shapes. And they have, you know, the simple shapes that are actual shapes. Like you can insert a circle, a square, a, you know, a triangle, a rectangle, a star, a heart, a diamond. But you can also insert things from a number of other categories like activities, food and drink. Um, technology, people, uh, flags. There's a whole bunch of different things that you can insert into your document and that's all available. And the other thing I want to talk about before we do any sort of uh, demonstration at all here is when the document is uh, in progress, of course, all of your voiceover editing features work. You can use the rotor to edit text, select and, and make changes, whether it's formatting or other types of corrections. You can check spelling. Background audio there. Um, you can use pages. Uh, you can use the misspelled words feature in VoiceOver, uh, just like anywhere else, to you know check and correct your spelling. And and you can also you know correct and see misspellings as you type and use autocorrect, you can dictate text, all these things that you're used to doing everywhere else. And, and Pages even has a special reader mode that if all you want to do is read the text of the document, you can, you can disable the editing and you can read the, uh, the text without 
running the risk of making changes. Now, Pages, as I mentioned, is fully integrated with iCloud. So what you do in one document gets reflected on all of your other devices uh, that are signed in with the same Apple ID. And it does support the Files app with iCloud Drive. So it's very easy to, um, you know, to find and open and create documents and make folders. And Pages supports versioning. So what that means is if I make a change in a document and I don't like that change, I can revert to a previous version of the document. Um, Pages supports automatic saving, so you don't have to save your document. There's no more of this, you know, save versus save as, and did I remember to save and all that stuff. It just happens automatically for you in the background. Uh, Another thing um, that we want to talk about is the... um, aspect of sharing and collaboration. So of course we can print our documents, but we also can collaborate. Now, there are several aspects to this, by the way. And before I actually get to collaboration, I did forget one other thing I want to mention to you. If there is anybody who does have sight or sighted family, friends, co-workers uh, on this call, that uh, you should know that Pages does support drawings with the Apple Pencil or the Logitech Crayon or just with your finger. Pages does support what's known as smart annotation, where you can actually mark up the document with an Apple Pencil, for example, and, uh, you know, draw or, or make markings with, with comments or, you know, changes that you want to see. Um, and so I did want to mention that. But back to the collaboration. The Pages app allows you to collaborate in real time with anyone you choose. Now, the best case scenario, of course, if, is if they have uh, an Apple device, then it's very easy for them to collaborate with you, you to collaborate with them, because you send them an invite, and they can open the document, it opens right in pages for them. And when they're editing the document, voiceover will even tell you that they're editing, tell you where they are, you can jump to their uh, cursor immediately if you want to. Um, and, and so you can both be working together or, you know, on your own time on the document. If a, if a person doesn't have pages and you still want to collaborate with them, uh, maybe a Windows user, for example, they can still do it by going to iCloud.com. All they'll need to do is get a free Apple ID, and they'll be able to open pages for iCloud, a, a web-based version of the Pages app. So you can actually collaborate with basically anyone you choose, and uh, you can do this in real time. Of course, you can also share the document by sending a copy and you can export to a variety of formats. So I've already mentioned that you can export to Microsoft Word. You can export to RTF, rich text. You can export to PDF, which is so important because we natively can create PDF documents and they're accessible. And we can export to EPUB, which is the book format. And I do want to talk a little more about the book format, but I think what we'll do is we'll do some demos and and then we'll uh, possibly even take some questions and then we'll talk about books after that. So um, I'd like to go ahead and unlock my iPad here. And what we'll do is we'll open pages. I'm going to turn up the volume. Now we are going to... Short iTunes store. Okay, we're going to open pages. Keynote, numbers, pages, pages, hide sidebar, button. All right, what this is, this is my iPad. And you heard it say hide sidebar. You may or may not remember that the iPad now uses sidebars in in several apps. And that is a a new way of it displaying the information. What we are actually seeing here is what's known as the document manager of pages. But really, it's the 
it is, it's using the files app framework. So it's like the files app within pages, right? And so on the left-hand side of my screen, I've got locations, button, heading, expanded, iCloud drive. Okay. And, and what's actually selected, selected recent is recent. So if I touch the right, uh, right side of my iPad, I see search, search field, bits demo, pages file, data tester instructions, intro to human space extract, pages file, Apple Camp at home activity book, day one. Uh, these are all the documents that I have. Uh, I mean, I didn't show you all of them, but the, the, it's, it's all the various documents here. So what we have is that's the recents. Um, I could easily switch to, uh, you know, iCloud Drive and, and go to the actual pages, you know, and, and see everything. But this is just showing recents right now. Um, and I can easily open a document that is already in progress and resume work on it. I can also create a new document, of course. Apple Camp. We'll go back here. Recent. Select button. That's the select button. If you use that, it's going to allow for multi-select. If you want to move multiple items, if you want to select an item to see its previous versions, all of those things can be done. Um, but what we want... Icons. Purple. These are some... Okay, those are tags. Search. Let me just go here. Recents. Head. Select. Icons. Add button. There's the add button, which is the, the way we're going to create a brand new document. Add, cancel button. Now, when we are brought into this screen, what we have is we have some uh, templates, and, and there are a lot of template categories, and then you select a category, and it shows you the templates in that category. Uh, the categories are organized by heading, but if we go to the right... Choose a template, heading, recents, button, basic, button, report, button, books, bu letters, Resumes, flyers, and posters. All right, there's more than that. But I'm going to just go ahead because I already know if you double tap on one, it takes you to the relevant heading. But I also know I can just set my rotor to headings and I can swipe down. Basic heading. That's what I want. Blank, empty white portrait document. That's what we want. We do not want... Blank landscape, empty landscape document. We don't want that because that's going to be a page layout. So we want, the, we want this... Blank, empty white portrait document. Actions available. No okay, so this this has the the blank template. We're going to double tap on that. At blank, empty white portrait document. No description of that body. Text field is editing. Insertion point at start. Double tap to edit. Actions available. Use the rotor to access document headings, links, misspelled words, annotations, bookmarks. All right, so there's a lot of information there. The first thing you find is that voiceover helpfully already placed us on, or really, really, the, it, it just happens anyway. It's not even just voiceover. But we're already placed on the, in the, on the edit field where we literally can just start typing our document if we want to do that. There's nothing else we have to do. But you did hear some extra rotor items that were mentioned. It said use the rotor to access, and it listed several things, um, links, document headings, misspelled words, annotations, bookmarks, and, of course, there are other things in the rotor. Now, before we do start typing, I want to show you around this document. Uh, and I also want to point out that, of course, you can use a mechanical keyboard. And if Trainer Cliff's here, maybe we'll, we'll let him talk a little more extensively about that. But it is possible to use, you know, I have a keyboard always attached to my iPad um, because it's on the cover. So, you know, you can get, for example, Apple Smart Keyboard, Logitech uh, Slim Folio Pro, Logitech Rugged. There's different 
options, lots and lots of keyboards that actually attach to your iPad and also provide a cover or a case solution for you. And then a lot of the very common commands that you are familiar with will work in pages. And if you're not a Mac user or an iOS user of, you know, a long time and you're not familiar with the commands, they're actually not that far off from what is in Windows. There's some cases where like what would be a control C or control V in, in Windows is a command C or command V in um, in Apple in the Apple ecosystem. But you know, basically a lot of the stuff is gonna transfer or be very, very similar. So it's gonna be easy for you to pick up on um, the keyboard commands. And if I'm writing a long document, I will use the keyboard. So uh, what we have, I want to show you around this app. If we go to the very, very top left of the document. Documents button. There's our documents button. What that's going to do is exit the current document, do a quick save in the background, and bring us back to the document manager where we saw all of our list of, of documents. So it's the way to get out of the document, close it up when you're done with it, or at least temporarily done with it. That's your back button of sorts. If we go to the right. View options button. All right. So there's one uh, uh, option that we can choose some different things there. Table of contents button. We can show or hide a table of contents. Now, the way that table of contents is created depends on what you're doing in the document, but it is either going to show you every page of the document or it may show you sections. If you're using, remember we talked about paragraph styles. If you're using heading styles, uh, the table of contents kind of gets created based upon those. Undo, dimmed, button. There's an undo button. Of course, there are other ways to undo also, but that button is there. It's grayed out right now because we don't have any text. We haven't done anything. Blank, three. There's the name of the document, which we're going to change that. It uses the template name, and apparently I have two other ones that I never renamed, so they're going to just, it, it's blank, number three. But I'm going to change that in a moment. All right, let's go to the right. Format, button. Insert, button. Collaborate, button. More, button. Enter reader mode button. All right, so everything, most everything you're going to want to do is is typically going to be found under one of those choices. Format, insert, collaborate, more, and then this reader. Enter reader mode button. Use this button to enter reader mode and disable editing. All right, we talked about that. Now, if we keep going. Canvas, body, text field is editing. Insertion point at start. That's the actual text area. Vertical scroll bar, tab, button. Font family, button, font size, button, align left, button, insert, button, cap, Q. And because this is an iPad, you hear that there's some other uh, options, some other shortcuts uh, to, you know, the tab option. Um, you can insert a, a page break, a line break, you know, different kinds of things like that. Change the font right there on the fly. So that's not going to show up on an iPhone, uh, but it is on an iPad. Um, the other thing that does not show up on an iPhone is the, the document name with inside the document. If you want to rename your pages documents on the iPhone, you have to go back to the document manager, the files app basically, uh, and rename them there. But on the iPad, we have the added benefit with all the extra screen real estate of being able to do that right from within inside the document. And that's the first thing I'm going to do. I always advise people to do that is to rename the document right away so that you don't forget to do that. So where we heard it say, undo blank three, we're going to double tap on blank three canvas and we're going to hear some choices. Blank three Bl alert, rename button, move button. Move. So we can rename or move the document. We're going to rename it. Rename button. 
I am going to type. Let me just delete this out of here. What was there before was blank three. And we're going to just call this ACB. Uh, I should have capitalized each of those letters. Let's go back and fix that. All right, capital and capital. All right, so ACB demo. We'll put a hyphen there and we'll put demo. Okay, and then I'm going to just press done, which is where the return would be. Now, uh, if I look now, view options, table of undo, dimmed button, ACB demo. See, it has updated the name of that document. That's how it's now going to appear in the document manager and everywhere else. And that helps me to know what's going on. All right. So now we actually can begin typing. And I am not going to um, use the mechanical keyboard. I'm just going to type on screen and we're going to write a few lines of text and I'm going to. I'm going to attempt to type the way I prefer to type, which is without voiceover, because I can type a lot more quickly. I'm typing. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to see... Um, let me see. All right. Let me see what I just have here. There we go. Okay. So what I'm going to do is um, I, I like to type without voiceover because um, it kind of kind of slows me down with voiceover on. And sometimes it's, it's you know, there are mistakes. Uh, but if there are, nine times out of 10, autocorrect will fix them. And if it doesn't, uh, I can go back and correct them later. And it's still quicker than me doing it um, with, with voiceover. I would also point out um, that if you, uh, if you want, you can use the keyboard. You can dictate your text if you like dictating. And uh, of course, you can even use other options like handwriting and stuff like that. Okay, I've written some text. Don't know how well I did because I type in while I was talking. We're going to just let it read. Hello, is a test document. This is her first line. Now for the second line. How is everyone doing? Okay, so I think there was only one or two mistakes there. I'm going to correct them very quickly, uh, which basically what we had was somewhere it said the word her instead of, of uh, uh, what was it? Let's see. Okay, this is a test document. Uh, yeah, this is, it's put her instead of the. Probably it auto-corrected from something I did, so we'll fix that. Okay, and I'm, of course, not getting into how we fix it right now for the sake of time, but it's entirely done with the rotor, and uh, that's fine. I am going to show you some text selection and stuff like that here in a bit. So let's read this document once again. Canvas, body, text field is editing. Hello, this is a test document. This is the first line. Now for the second line. How is everyone doing? And I don't know if I got a question mark after doing. I might have, but let's just check. Doing question mark. Yep, it is a question mark. Okay. All right. So uh, we have enough text here. Now, I want to point out that when you're doing text formatting, you really ought to put two blank lines in between the things you're going to format because with voiceover, it's going to make it a lot easier with text selection. So, for example, our first line, I'm going to go... Canvas, body, text insertion point at start. I'm going to go to the word hello. Add comment, text format, page format, bookmark, activate, default. What's all that coming from? That's the rotor. The rotor is set to Character what? Actions. actions. And those were the choices I had. But I'll turn the rotor... Characters, cap H-E-L-L-O, period. 
Let's make sure we have new line, new line. Yep, there's two blank lines. So that's what I want. So I'm going to go back up to the beginning. And I'm going to use text selection in the rotor. Words, lines, text selection. And I'm going to just select. selection, cap, H, E, L, L, O, selected. So I have the word hello selected, and we're going to change its formatting. Let's go to the format menu. Document, view, table of undo, blank, format, button, text, heading. All right, here's our text uh, formatting options. What we'll do. Paragraph style, body, button. Remember I told you about the paragraph styles, and it is selected right now on the body style. So that's just whatever we see here. This is default body style. If I double tap on body, I could change it to title style, to heading style, to heading two, to subtitle, all these different styles that are predefined and have a whole bunch of attributes already in them. And if I want to do them myself. Now, I also font Helvetica Noia button. I have that option. So the first thing I have is the font. It's Helvetica right now. I can change it to something else by double tapping on it. Bold button. There's bold. So let's do this one manually because why not? Because this is uh, this is um, you know going to going to show you that. So let's let's uh, make it bold. Selected bold. Let's make it italic. Italic button. Selected, italic, underline, but strike through, more text options, button. There's even more if you go in there. Size, size, 11 point, adjustable. Let's swipe up. 18 point. Let's make it 18. Now, text color, black zero, button. Text color. Oh, let's have some fun and change the text color. Why not? Selected, so, reset, text. All right, we can button. go to preset, selected, or color, button, color, gradient, or button, gradient. Image. Uh, we're gonna go to button. color. Selected, color, and gradient. Image. White. White. One. Gray. One. Gray. 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 Four. Or we want something more exciting gray, 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 than, than that. Not blue. Nine. Here's, indigo. Okay. Nine, oh, purple. Nine, let's make it purple. Dark, purple. Seven. Selected. All right. Purple, it's nine, purple. Dark purple. Now, seven, what we'll do is we can go over tab, here. Text. Back button. Text, go back and let's look at our other text, options. Heading, so we know already we've changed the size, color. We've say, size, changed the 18, size. Text, we've. Color. Dark purple seven. Selected. Align left. Okay, button. let's center that. Align center. Button. Selected. Align center. And I think that's all we're going to do. You also have your, your uh, bulleted lists and numbered lists and stuff under here, but that's okay. I think we're, gonna, we're done with that group of that block of text that we selected. Now, I should point out that the vast majority of what we did can be done with a keyboard. So bold is command B, as in bold. Um, italic is command I. Uh, I think center is command E, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I believe you can increase the font and decrease the font with command plus and command minus or command dash. Uh, those last couple are a little hazy. Don't hold me to them because I don't do them usually. I Even when I'm using the keyboard, I usually do on-screen editing. So um, I may be wrong on those, but I think that I'm right. So let's get out of this thing. Dismiss pop-up. Okay. Canvas. Now the first thing I want to do because I still have Canvas. Text. Selected text. Hello. See, did you hear that? Selected text. I did a three-finger single tap to hear that. My text is still selected, and I don't want to leave it selected because if I would accidentally type a letter or something, then we've just deleted everything that's selected. So we're gonna set the rotor to return. Oh, period. Okay, it's it's deselected. What I did to do that was just 
um, just make sure the rotor was set to characters and swipe up or down to, you know, move and, and get the cursor off of what was selected. Now, I will show you that as we're swiping with our character rotor. Period. Oh, ask L. Wait a minute. L. O. Period. 11 point. Black zero. Not bold. Helvetica Noia, not italic. See, it tells you where the change happened. Period. Did you hear that? All those attribute oh. changes. It Oscar, told us 18 point, dark purple seven, bold, Helvetica Noia, italic. Okay. Oh, period. 11 point, black zero, not bold, Helvetica Noia, not italic. New line, new line. So it is telling us everything that happened with our attribute changes which is really really cool when you're reading voice with with voiceover you can get an idea of what all those things are that are um that are changed in the in the font attributes you saw how simple it was now granted i knew where these things were i mean i've done this a few times i use pages you know a good bit but you you see that it's it's doable i have no vision uh, you know, have been blind since the age of three. So, you know, I'm doing this all by voiceover and it's very, very doable. You can learn. It is, it's completely possible. Now I will, uh, show you a couple of other, um, menu options. Three, Let's three, go to documents, view up blank format button. Insert. Let's look at insert so I can show you some of the things. Pages, tables, button. I told you about some of them, but let me show you tables, them now. Tables, button, charts, button, shapes, button, selected, media, button, four and four. So there's four kinds of things you can insert here. Tables, charts, shapes, and media. And I'll show you a couple of them. But we're in media right now, and I do want to show you that one first. Photo or video. So you can insert a photo or a video. Camera. You can use the camera to take a photo or a video. So the first option, photo or video, is going to come from your library, right? iCloud photos and whatever else. And then camera is going to allow you to actually take a photo or video directly into the document. Record audio. You can record audio. Web video. There's that option that allows us to embed YouTube videos, for example, into our document. It's called web video. Image gallery. Image gallery. Image gallery is really cool, and I'll, I'll actually describe that to you in a little bit when I talk about books because image gallery lets you create, it's really useful for books. And I'm going to uh, explain what it is in a little bit here. Insert from. Insert from lets us insert a file, any supported file we can just insert into the document. Drawing. And then we can use a drawing with Apple Pencil, for example. Equation. We can insert an equation. Tab. Button. And that's it. So let's go back and let's, let's try shapes because I want to show you that one next. Selected shapes. And this is what I was talking about. Apple. Now, I guess I'm on the food category. Ornaments button. Okay, I'll go back to the left in a minute and show you, but it looks like I'm already on food. Apple, banana, strawberry, pear, avocado, cherry, grape, lemon slash lime, lemon slash lime wedge, tomato, pepper, green pepper. Lots and carrot, lots of food choices. Pots, corn, Tons broccoli, okay. bread. But bread, if we go, bread, if we go back to the left, we can look at all those food taco. options. All right, let's go back up to the left, the top left, though, and let's look at the categories. Here's a search button. You can actually search for things. Basic button. So you've got basic. Geometry, objects, animals, nature, selected, food, 
Symbols, education, but arts, science, people, places, activities, transportation, work, but ornaments. Look at all those categories. So if we wanted animals, for example, nature, animals, but see what animals. Pretzel, Oops, let's see what animals have. I'm sorry, I got out of. I went the wrong place here. Sorry about that. Okay, let's look at what. Um, let's look at what we find in animals. Here, comma. Uh, I think what we'll try, I'm just curious. Animals, button, selected. Okay, let's see what they are. Go back here, and... Cow, horse, ornaments, horse, cow, pig, sheep, goat, donkey, ox, rabbit, chicken, rooster, turkey. We can insert all this stuff. Let's insert a duck into our document. Okay. Canvas, selected, duck, text field. Now what you have, you heard that it says it's selected. 2.3 inches wide, 1.8 inches tall, position, horizontally centered, 15% from top, double tap to edit, actions available, See, use the rotor to access document headings. If you, if you, if, if you were, you know, spatially, if you were good at spatial concepts, that would really be helpful to you. That would mean a lot. I mean, it gives me somewhat of an idea. Add comment. And you look, see. Add title. Add caption. Format. It's already selected because... Um, when you insert it, that's what happens. Deselect all. And you see it has special rotor actions. Format. So I can deselect it. I can format it. Deselect all. I can... Drag item. Activate. I can drag it around. Add comment. I can add a comment or a caption to it. Or, of course, I can... Canvas. Selected. Duck. Text field. There's the duck. It actually tells me. And look. Middle right shape handle. There's you. There's the shape handles that you can move the the object around. Um, again, you might want some sighted assistance for some of that, but it's it's completely doable. We can we can delete it, and that's fine too. So there's all sorts of ways that we can work with this document and and with various things in it. Now, I would uh, what what I think really makes the most sense here is for us to take some questions and then I'll go back and talk about books, but I want to let your questions determine a little bit of what we talk about. And I do want to get trainer Cliff because I, I heard him leave and come back in. I don't know. Cliff, are you with us? Can you hear us now? Yes, I can. Okay. Okay. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. I would be I would be remiss to point out that you forgot something. I wouldn't be doing my job. Well, I I would expect nothing less. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot of um, ACB members and you know blind people in per se come from the Windows environment. So you need to point out that a Word document can be imported into Pages with no issue. Now, vice versa is not the case. You can't import a Pages document into Word with you're going to have some major issues, but if you go, say you have, you have put some I, some Word documents in your iCloud Drive folder in your Pages folder. If you double tap on that, it's automatically going to convert to a Pages document for you. I can't remember if it keeps the original or if it just converts it on the fly and keeps it that way. I can't remember, but I do know that Pages will open up any Word document or plain yeah, text. Yeah, I can't remember either if it keeps the original or not. I, I forget also, but going the other way, you have to export it. And I will show them those export options in a minute. You got to export uh, it. And, and for the record, you can't do that on the Mac or the iPhone or iPad. But since we're talking about the iPad, I'm, I just had to point that, you know, you have to, you can do that. So, yes. Um, and do you have anything else to, uh, to add regarding maybe, 
I mean, you know, we're obviously not going to give them the whole list of keyboard commands or anything, but just, you know, any other, because, you know, we both use the keyboard when it comes to longer documents, but you use a lot more of the shortcuts and so forth than I do. Yeah. I mean, it's all there. You hit the, you hold the command key to tell you, I mean, you command in for a new document, command shift in for a new folder. Um, you can jump to misspelled words with the voiceover keys command and the letter E add the shift key and you can go to the previous misspelled word. I mean, there's a few of them in there, but for the most part, the roller is your friend and will help you do anything you need to do to edit that document. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think I, let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, uh, let's, let's take some questions and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. Okay. Cheryl, you may ask your question. You may unmute. Okay. Hi there. It's Cheryl. Um, Hi. Um, first, I wanted to say I had sent an email through the website, um, but I, I, I want I need some direction in how to use that USB drive thing that you guys talked about last week, and I ordered it. So I just need some assistance with that. We can do that off the phone at some point if somebody can help oh. me figure out how to use it. You know that Lightning camera drive from Apple. To yeah. save off the iPad. Yeah. Okay. I'm just not sure how it's how to work it properly. So um, I know it's off of pages. So if we have time before you end, or maybe I can talk to one of you. I sent a message to the website. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Thanks. And then, because uh, I don't want to take up time with that, but I must say the read only is wonderful. I just noticed that recently. And because it's very easy, especially for those of us, whether you're blind or visually impaired, to hit a, you know, once I've written something, I can go back and listen to it without worrying about hitting a wrong key and then messing up the document. Um, but I do want to ask, when I'm spell checking, right, when it gets to the to the word that's spelled wrong. Right now, I'm using the key, my external keyboard, and and just uh, arrowing back to to spell it myself, make sure it's correct. How do you get it, it in Voiceover to give you suggestions in the proper spelling? Is there a way to do that? I haven't figured it out. So you're saying that when you are, so you're using the keyboard and you you get to the misspelled word, but you're not sure how to see the selection of. Uh, well, what I do is I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause right now I just use the arrow key and I figure it out on my own, what, how it's, you know, and I spell it correctly, but a lot of, I know without voiceover, sometimes it'll give you options. Um, so yeah, with, without the keyboard, you are going to swipe left and right to see the replacements. Uh, Cliff, what oh. is the way to do that with the keyboard? I know that you can move from misspelling to misspelling with the VO command E and VO command shift E. What's the, what is the, the best way uh, that I've, the best way that I've done it in the past? Cause I, there is no definitive way per se. Uh -huh. When I, when I want to get the suggestion, I turn off the keyboard, but if you were going to use the keyboard to do it, I would just push the space bar after the words, after the misspelled word and let voiceover give you suggestions. Cause that's what it does for me. Oh. A text message. So I would assume it would be the same way. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I just didn't know. I've been trying them so many different ways over the years and just can't figure it out. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks yeah. guys. Always. Helpful. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Pat, you may unmute star six on your phone. Okay. Thank you. 
First of all, I want to say what a wonderful presentation. It was very, very interesting. Um, I would like to know if you create a document and you need to print it, would you have to then transfer it over to, say, your Microsoft on your PC, or how does that work, to print something you've created? I will demonstrate. Um, you do not have to. Um, you can print directly from the iPad or the iPhone if you choose. Um, now, what you're going to... Let me just get back to where I'm at here. Okay, so that's going to bring us to both the, those options that I mentioned, the export options that Cliff and I were talking about, and the printing options. They're both going to be under the More menu here, and then we'll talk about what the requirements are for this to work. Document, view, undo, ACB demo, format, insert, collaborate, more. But There's the More button. We'll go to More. And you'll see, heading. okay, share. That is the the non collaborative sharing because collaborate was a separate menu. Uh, you remember this is this is you know to to share a copy of it. Export. There's uh, your export option to Word, PDF, EPUB, all of those things. Print. There's print. Now the way this uh, works is using uh, what's called AirPrint technology. So you need a printer that supports Apple AirPrint, but a very, very large majority of them do now, um, and really have since probably 2011 or 12. The feature was introduced in 2010, I think. Uh, and you know it wasn't long before most printer manufacturers were adopting it and even updating the firmware of existing printers to support it. It's wireless. Um, there are no drivers to install, you know, nothing like that. You just get the printer on your same network, which used to be a challenge for, for non-sighted users. But now, uh, at least HP, for example, has released uh, an app called HP Smart. And you can actually use it to control your printer and to set up your printer. And it is accessible with voiceover. So you get that printer on your Wi-Fi network Make sure your, you know, iPad or iPhone is on the same Wi-Fi network and just choose that print option. And that works, you know, that's true in Safari, Photos, Notes, you know, not just in Pages. Uh, and it'll let you select that printer, choose the number of copies, all that good stuff, and, and you're good to go. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you. Okay. Hudat Harlbert, you may unmute and ask your question. Sorry, it took me a minute. Um, okay. Hi there. I... Turn that. Okay, I have not been to very many of your workshops for one reason or another. I haven't been able to make it, so I need a reminder on where do I find the rotor to set it to, whatever I need to set it to to work with my documents. Where is that? Where is so rotor? that the rotor is a uh, to access that you put two fingers on the screen and rotate them like you're turning a dial, and you'll hear all the different options that are in your rotor the rotor is customizable from settings and also sometimes it's it's uh context you know there are things that automatically appear in the rotor in certain cases for example in pages and they're not things that i have selected you know they're just you have no control they just appear when they're needed so here is my my document i'm in i can set the rotor Bookmarks, annotations, misspelled words, links, document headings, edit, typing mode, vertical navigation, headings, containers, text selection, lines, words, characters. That's a pretty big rotor for you know what we're doing. And and yeah, I uh, thought you had to go in and set set those, but those are always on there. Well, those are going to be there because Pages has them there. You're not going to see a lot of those in 
in other places. Right. Text now right. the one text selection, text selection you have to add to the rotor yourself. Um, and, uh, characters and words, you know, those you would want to make sure you've added lines. And once you get to the one you want, so you're using a, you know, a two finger, um, rotation, like I said, like right. turning a knob and then to, you, you just swipe up and down with one finger to, to move by whatever is, um, so it, you know, if it's, I land it's on the rotor. Yeah. If I, if I select misspelled words, then I would just swipe right or left. Yeah. So the way you use misspelled words is with the rotor is when you, once you, and I always recommend that you start at the beginning of the document. Uh, that used to be the only way that it worked. I think it's been improved now that you don't have to, but I still recommend it. Um, so you set the rotor to misspelled words. You swipe down to move to the, to the next misspelled word or swipe back up to move to the previous one. And when you find one that you want to work with, you swipe left and right to hear the available replacements and double tap on whichever replacement you want. Now, if there's a situation you, you find that the replacement you want is not there or it's, there are no replacements, you know, maybe something is so far off that there's, you know, it doesn't, right. it's having trouble determining because you're using the misspelled words rotor. When you're in that screen, that's actually selected the word that it's saying. So if you have a word that's selected, that's misspelled and it says there's no replacements found, or you can't find the one you want, then just start typing again. It's going to replace the existing misspelled word. You can try another spelling, you know, just try another go around and see if that time, Maybe you can then find the replacement for it. Okay, great. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thank you. Diane, you made me unmute. View options. Diane. Diane. Sorry, I was I was in the other room. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. My question this is I'm still not sure I have the courage to try this on an iPhone yet, but um, if I were going to, the thing I would imagine myself doing is um, saving the document as a Word document so that I could work on it on my computer, which does not have pages. And then if I wanted to go back to working with it on my phone, would I be able to open it up in pages again? You would, um, you would have to, you know, as, as Cliff mentioned, they will open in pages without a problem, but to get them to word, you have to export them to the word format. So, um, because word doesn't, doesn't read pages documents without them being, you know, you have to export them to word. So what would happen is you'd have to re-export. Okay. Because you can't just copy the pages document over, but you just choose export and choose word. And then you can view that on your on your PC. Um, okay. So I would have to, I'm sorry, say that again. I'd have to um, save it in pages and then export it to word on my PC. You would have to export it to word in from pages and then take the word document over to your PC. Okay. And then once I worked on it there, then would I be able to like import it back into pages? Yes. Yes. You can open a word document in pages. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I'll try it sometime. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Karen, you may unmute. Okay. Um, from my experience with an iPad, if I 
bring if I open a Word document, it keeps both the Word document and the Pages document. So, um, so I, I you were questioning that before, but I have both. Um, the other question I have: If you're changing the text of a document, is there a way to save a text, a, a font, as a default font for future documents? Um, in the, I'm not sure that I've seen that. Um, if there were, that's going to be under the more menu and then it's going to be under the, the pages, uh, preferences, the settings. Um, I, I don't know that I've seen a way to change the default font. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it isn't available. Okay. Um, the other thing is you mentioned about using a keyboard. Um, which keyboard cover would be best for an iPad Pro? Well, the iPad Pro, is it which um, year of iPad Pro is it? Just so I know where we're at. Oh, I'm going to buy the new one when it's out. Oh, okay. Well, it was actually already released for this year. The iPad Pro was um, released in April, I believe, the 2020 oh. iPad Pro. Uh, okay. And with that, you're going to have a few different options. Um there is a uh, there is a um, smart keyboard folio from Apple. There is a Logitech Slim Folio Pro, um, which offers a couple of features that um, you you won't get on some of the other models, like the uh, the backlighted keys and the the row of iOS shortcuts at the top of the keyboard. Um, there's also the Magic Trackpad keyboard with trackpad. Uh, that Apple released, and I believe that there's a Logitech version of that as well. I think they call it the um, Combo Touch or something like that, at least for the 11-inch iPad Pro. Uh, those are the two brands that I'm the most familiar with, the Apple and the Logitech. Uh, Cliff has used uh, both and, and uses the Logitech one all the time, uh, but I think he's also familiar with some of the other options that are out there but those are probably going to be the two biggest names um that you know that are are some of the most common ones for the ipad um so you're not recommending one of the apple tech the apple over the logitech right that's that's a personal preference you know uh they both offer very nice options they both have their advantages um uh, you know we've often talked about and i know that you know cliff has a very very strong preference for the logitech over the apple because it has um, that extra row of, of function, you know, the, where, where you would see on a computer keyboard, you know, F1 through F12. Uh, those are, are not really used in iOS at all, but Logitech has made a row of shortcut keys up there that have, you know, um, iOS-specific features, like, for example, activating Siri or going home or, you know, controlling music playback and stuff like that. So that's, you know, uh, an added feature to that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, uh, you know, it's personal preference. Um, some people love the Apple one. Some people love the Logitech one. I, you know, I wouldn't, uh, it, I think, you know, if you can, it, it, this is kind of a weird time, of course, with the, you know, COVID stuff as far as going into stores and, you know, touching everything. But, um, you know, if you, if there's any way to get your hands on them to try them or to, you know, I guess, I mean, you could always order one and return it if you don't like it, you know, um, I was about to tell you, don't don't get me on that soapbox today. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know how I feel about that Apple one. It's overpriced. And, no, no, mm -mm. Okay. No. Okay, thank you. 
<laughs> All right. Thank you. Pat, you may unmute. I love Apple, but I think that was the wrong marketing direction for me. Thank you, Cliff. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. I wanted to go back to Diane's question just as a clarification. I understood how to export from uh, pages over to the Microsoft Word document, but I'm not clear on how to get it back into Apple Pages after you've worked on it and resaved it and all that. How would you do that again? Well, Pages will natively open Word documents. So all you really need to do is bring the Word document back to the uh, iPad or iPhone and just, you know, double tap on it or, you know, however you get it over there, just open it. And and if you don't, if it doesn't already open Pages for you, uh, then there's going to be a share option, and then you just choose that and choose pages, and it's going to bring it up in pages for you automatically. So there's no, you, you don't have to do any conversion or exporting or anything like that. Okay. So when you when you say bring it back to Apple Pages, is that through the share option? Is that how you would do that? Well, when I say that, I mean like you got to somehow get it back to that iPad, right? Because you're working on it on a computer, so you're going to have to either, you know, email it to yourself or put it in um, iCloud Drive if you have iCloud for Windows, or I mean, you know, somehow it has to physically get back to or digitally get back to the iPad, and then you can just double tap on it, and it may already open in in Pages. If it doesn't, it's going to open in a uh, a quick look interface where there'll be a share button and you can choose share and then say pages and it will open up in pages for you. Okay. And now I, I understand. I okay. That, so you got to do it yeah. via email or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's just got to be Matt. some way to get it back to the iPad. Now that really the best ways to do that would be uh, if that's something you're going to be doing a lot of uh, to install iCloud for windows on the PC, because what that does is it puts iCloud drive in your file explorer on the PC as another drive. So anything you save there will automatically show up on your iPad or iPhone. And the reverse would also be true if your preference is Microsoft OneDrive. Um, you could save to Microsoft OneDrive on the PC and then install the, uh, the OneDrive app on your iPad and iPhone, and then you can access OneDrive through the Files app, open your document that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because I have OneDrive on my computer already, and I would be using my iPhone to do this. I don't have an iPad, but I do have Apple Pages on the iPhone, and I've been playing with it, and I really like it. So, uh, yeah, so OneDrive would be a good option then probably, correct? Yeah, it would be. So what you would do is install the OneDrive app on your phone. And then you can use the OneDrive app or you can, you can actually do what I prefer, which is to go to the, the Files app and connect OneDrive to the Files app. Um, you just have to open Files and go to the Locations menu and edit those locations and just select OneDrive. Once you're signed into OneDrive, it'll actually show up as an option you can select in the Files app. So then you can easily access uh-huh. everything that's on it right from there. Ah, oh, okay. Very good. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. That's all you have right now, Matt. Okay. All right. Well, then what I would like to do is to just take a few minutes and um, talk about books and and then we'll, you know, take any final questions if there's any time remaining. Um, So I mentioned to you that one of the things that Pages is capable of doing is uh, allowing you to create and publish books. 
And this is something that I think a lot of people like doing, and there's a lot of, you know, applications for this. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not been something that's been very, very easy to do before. Um, so there's a couple of aspects to this. And, and of course, you can do written books, certainly. There's a lot of formatting uh, that goes into that. But we're talking primarily here about digital books. And the, um, the Pages app is capable of creating both the standard ebook and the fixed layout ebook. And I want to talk about both of those. Uh, the EPUB format, EPUB, is an open standard that Apple Books uses and that a lot of the other uh, digital book readers use. And when you create EPUBs, they are typically what's known as reflowable or free-flowing. And this is what's called the classic layout of eBooks. And what this means is that any device you try to read the book on, the EPUB document will adapt to it automatically. So screen size, orientation, all of these things. And so this makes it very, very easy for a, a book file in the EPUB format to be compatible with almost any device that has an e-reader app or, you know, anything like that. The, the caveat is page numbers will not be the same on every device. Page numbers will change if you're in portrait versus landscape mode. Page numbers will change based on, based on uh, the size of the screen. And a lot of factors will influence the page number. And that's really okay in most cases. If, you're, if your table of contents is well-designed, that's not a problem. But there are some times when you really do want a specific page number and you want that to be consistent for everybody. And in that case, you can use the fixed layout book, which Apple invented. And the fixed layout book gives you a few additional options for your book as well, including read aloud books that um, you will find on the Apple bookstore. Uh, they're usually uh, children's books and things of that nature. And they'll actually have audio and, and maybe a music track. And then the, the text of the book will move if you want it to along with the spoken audio. Now, this is not to be confused with a traditional audio book. This is a read-aloud book. And there are other reasons you may want a fixed layout book. Uh, textbooks are particularly um, common as, as fixed layout books because it's easy for a teacher to say, you know, today we're going to be working on page 78. Now, I will admit that I did a, a textbook for a course that I created, and I did not use the fixed layout. I used the reflowable. Uh, because I was concerned about getting the book onto as many types of devices as possible. So the, the workaround for me was to just create a bunch of subsections for each chapter and include them in the table of contents so that teachers would be able to say, okay, today we're on chapter three and we're going to be on section two called whatever, you know. So that's how we kind of worked around the, the what would be a you know, potential discrepancy in page numbers. Um, Again, I found that better because I didn't know what schools would be using when they got the book. And I wanted to, you know, have as many options for people as possible. Now, with your books that you create, you can, uh, you can have all kinds of, you know, interactive elements to these books. We've talked about some of them that the Pages app supports, right? Audio recordings, web video, uh, photos and, and, and videos. 
um, web links, and of course, the photo gallery or image gallery that I wanted to talk to you about. And I said I'd come back to this. An image gallery is great in uh, a lot of different uses. One of my favorites is in the digital book. An image gallery allows you to put a single object in the document, which then features a number of photos that you can easily flip through as you're reading the book. And the great part about it is you can caption these and you can put text um, accessibility labels in them so that voiceover users will also know what they are. And so even a a voiceover user who is completely non-sighted can at least have an idea of what's in your image gallery. Plus, you can appeal to visual users and visual readers. And so this is a great tool. Now, uh, I want to just mention to you that when you create a book in pages, you're going to really want to use those paragraph styles that we talked about at the beginning of this, in particular, the heading style. Apple Pages will automatically generate a table of contents for your book based upon the heading styles. And so when you want to create a new chapter, you just make that a heading, which is also known as heading level one. But I think Pages just calls it heading. And so then if you want a subsection of that chapter, you make it a heading two. And again, this is found in the format menu. So you're going to create your text and wherever the chapter designation is, like you might say chapter two and, you know, a chapter name. Well, that's going to be the text that you then select and you format it as paragraph style heading. And that's how easy it is to, to create a table of contents. When you export this as an EPUB, it will work in Apple Books as a table of contents. So what happens then when you're done with your writing, and there are some other things to keep in mind when you're writing EPUBs, but again, that you know that's a, a longer discussion. But really and truly, that's all you have to do. And then you're going to export the book as an EPUB and test it in Apple Books. You can actually bring it right into Apple Books, see how the document functions, see what it looks like, if, if you know, somebody can see it, um, make sure that it reads properly, all these things. When you are ready to actually publish the book, of course, you can distribute the book um, in, in a number of ways. So you can distribute it uh, by email on your website, if you have one, you know, on a a variety of things. But you can also publish the book directly from pages to the Apple Bookstore. Now, this is um, done with your Apple ID. It is uh, possible to have your book on the bookstore for free or to charge a fee for the book. If you're going to sell items on the Apple Bookstore or on any of the, you know, iTunes stores, you will need to provide some additional information. Um, I think that uh, a social security number or an EIN, those kinds of things, you know, and then uh, once your account is ready, they'll let you know. But you can you can choose all of those options. So you can publish directly from the Pages app in the Apple Books format, and you can easily update existing books. You can provide a cover image, a book description, you know, all this information, even choose the countries where your book is going to be available. And it goes through a review process, and when it is approved, then it is, um, you know, it's made available on the Apple Bookstore. So this is a very powerful way to uh, to share your story, and a very very easy way. I mean, I can think of a number of useful, you know, uh, situations where this would be really really great. And I actually have had occasion to do this. Um, 
I had uh, written a, I've always sort of been uh, borderline obsessed with, uh, very fascinated with the Titanic ever since I first learned about it as a little kid. And, you know, as I got older, watched the movie and all the documentaries, all this stuff, you know, but I had, I, after I saw the movie in uh, 1997, the James Cameron film, I, uh, I vowed that I would someday write a book about the Titanic. And as I got older, I, you know, I would just not think about it for a while and then it would come back to mind again. And, you know, as, as time progressed, I thought when, as, as 2011 approached and I knew 2012 would, would follow, uh, I, I realized that I couldn't think of a better time in my lifetime that would be more appropriate, uh, to write a book about the Titanic than in time for the hundredth anniversary. So, um, I did do that. And, uh, the initial, book that we wrote was published to Apple Books um, in a different way, because at that time, it wasn't an option in Apple Pages to do that. But since the book has been written, I have made a habit of basically every uh, every April, it, at the anniversary of the thinking, I reread the book with the intention of determining what needs to be changed in the book. Because, you know, even when you publish something you know, nobody's perfect, right? There could be mistakes. There could be things that you realize later on. Um, maybe you could have clarified differently. Maybe you got it wrong. Maybe it just wasn't easy to understand. You know, there could be a number of construct errors or other factors. And quite honestly, even though most of the information about the Titanic, you know, has kind of been uncovered and disclosed and everything, there's still occasionally things that, that arise that we didn't know before that spark new theories or new controversies. You know, one of the most recent ones was the, the significance of a fire uh, in one of the coal bunkers that uh, now some scientists are saying, you know, played a significant part in the in hastening the sinking of the Titanic. Now, when I read that after all the research that I had done, I'm not a, you know, a metallurgist or a scientific expert, but I didn't agree with that finding, okay, based on everything that I know, I didn't feel that the fire played a significant role in causing or hastening the effects of the accident. But I also felt like I'd have been remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge the topic and talk about it a little bit. So that was one example where I, I, there was new research, new evidence, new information that I needed to add to the book. You know, and there have been a number of other things over the years. So when I made the most, you know, some of the most recent updates, I've done them in pages. The last update I made was to add an image gallery, one of the last updates. And I described the image gallery to you. And I'll actually show it to you um, in Apple Books here and, so that you can see how it works with voiceover. And then I was able to, you know, completely publish, or in this case, republish, just update the book right from Apple Pages. And because it had already been approved, it was almost instantly available on the Apple Bookstore in its updated format. So I'm going to um, show you what that sounds like in the um, image gallery. And I, uh, I may update it again. You know, there are other things that have, have been added to pages that I, you know, I might want to try to incorporate into this book. But the book is on the Apple Bookstore now, and I'm going to open it. Um, here it is. I'll actually just open it. Titanic. The most complete library button. All right, and I'm going to go to the table of contents so I can jump right to the library table of contents. Now, this is not in pages. Share this is button. in books right now, but I just want to show you Seven. how the image gallery Ten. works. It's at the Echo. end of the book. Titanic image gallery, page 215. Selected. Titanic in 1914. Titanic image gallery, vertical line. Titanic, the most complete story. Right. Previous image. Next image. There's your buttons. 
Titanic in 1912. Actions available. And it tells me that's the Titanic in 1912. I can go over to the... All right, let me go back here. All right, so I can go over to... Titanic sinking with passengers in lifeboat. Swipe upward. All these images. Titanic sinking. Let just find some other ones. Wireless distress message. I'm actually going backwards through the gallery. Iceberg right ahead. Swipe up or down. Clap. Third class stateroom. Swipe up or down to select a custom action. Then double tap to activate. Use the rotor to activate. Let's see if it has. Second class stateroom. First class stateroom. First class dinner menu. Partial. Swipe up. Third class passengers. First class passengers. Titanic swimming pool. First class dining room. All of these images and voiceover is telling me exactly what they are because we have put voiceover labels on these images in this image gallery. So even if you can't see, this is a useful thing uh, because it, it adds some some really neat um, elements to the book, I think. So it is wonderful to see that you can create these books right in Apple Pages. You know, no matter what the, the, the situation, the application, where you might want to do it, there are some tremendous options that you have, some tremendous benefits to being able to do this. So I think that's going to about cover it. I want to see if we have any final uh, thoughts from Cliff, any questions. Uh, you do from have a question whenever if okay. you're ready. Okay. All right. 982, you may unmute. Last three, uh, phone number 982. Star uh, six, if you're on your landline, or if you're on an iPhone, it's in the bottom left corner. Are you yes, there? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, Gerard from Haverhill, and I have uh, an Apple iPhone. And what is the command for it to read print? To read within, uh, within Apple Books, or? No, within... Uh, yeah, the iPhone itself. I know this is not your su- the subject today, but it, but I'm having trouble getting to read print my iPhone. Well, normally there's like anything that's on the screen. If you do a two finger swipe down, it will read that. Yeah, but it's not doing that for me. What does it do when you do that? Oh, I just say, hey Siri, open up see, seeing AI, and it asks me for my Apple ID. Oh, well, perhaps you need to enter that. Maybe it needs to re-authenticate with that app. I, I don't use that app very often, uh, but once, oh. you're in that, once you're in that app, you can, I know that you can swipe through it and choose the, you know, the print option. Uh, if it's asking for your Apple ID, I would go ahead and enter it uh, along probably with the password. Uh, it may just need to download an update to that app or something. All right, I'll try different things. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, Matt, you've got like one minute. Cheryl, you may ask your question. Okay, real quick, Matt. When you do your book, um, I, I've tried the templates, and I just can't work with them. So when you did yours, did you do it right in – you did it in pages, not in one of the book templates, correct? So I actually did use the uh, – just the blank uh, template, which would – yeah, which technically is – you know, it's just oh. blank uh, portrait. Uh, yeah, the, as I mentioned, the templates – add some potential challenges to the mix just because of, you know, the text boxes and things of right. that nature. Right. Um, it is doable, but yeah, you can do it without it. You can just use the blank portrait 
template and, and do everything you need to do. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know how to, you know, I, I haven't been able to cut and paste or do anything like that in the book template. So I was just wondering how you did yours. So, okay. I guess it's to be continued. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Matt, it, Thank it, you. Is, it is 4.30, sir. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us then. Uh, but again, we'll, you know, remind you that we are offering uh, classes on voiceover and uh, in the spring on the iPad. We've got a month with the Mac coming up in January. Uh, voiceover class actually begins next week. Uh, so if you want to learn more about any of this, you can visit us on our website at ttjtech.net. That's TTJ, like Tango, Tango, Juliet, and then the word tech, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T. And be sure you subscribe to our blog because you will be able to stay up on all of the latest information uh, that we have to offer. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in today. And uh, God bless you and have a great weekend. Good afternoon. Thank you.